Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the podcast from Lighthouse Hockey. My name is Dan Saracini. Uh, we hope you had a Merry Christmas, a uh, wonderful Kwanzaa, and a very Happy New Year. And joining me again via Skype is my friend Michael Leboff. And uh, Mike, the uh, Islanders have a lot to be thankful and happy for this uh, new year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was as uh, as great a like holiday stretch as I can can remember. Uh, actually, I was I was listening to a little bit of the Buffalo game on the radio. I was driving. Uh, home from my parents' house on New Year's Eve before I finished my evening with the very exciting. Uh, I have a I have a pretty bad cold and and I watched so I watched uh, Ken Burns the Roosevelts for my New Year's Eve while my fiance was working overnight at uh, in the ER and uh, so I was listening to Chris King and he was talking about how his most memorable Islander game was in 2000 Island, uh, Islander New Year game was 2002 when Jason Blake scored a overtime winner in a. One nothing shootout. Oh, I'm excuse me. One nothing overtime went over the Sabers, and I could can honestly. I was like, I think I remember that game, and I think I listened to that game on the radio. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I heard Chris King call that. That's game. pretty funny. Uh, and that, yeah, and and but it, it, you could just tell in his voice. I mean, he's obviously always mm. very upbeat and happy, and uh, but even in him and uh, and Greg Pickard, the way they were calling the games, like it was just. Like house money at that point after the Toronto <laughs> game, obviously, yeah. and they were just they were calling the game like from such a happy, 
thing, and it, and it clicked to me. So when I got back to watch the third on on TV, I, I noticed it in Brendan and Butch too, and and I, f- I feel like that really reflects how we all feel right now as Islander fans. Oh, for sure, it's it's definitely a, a, as good a time to be an Islander fan as I can remember. Uh, real quick, I remember a game against the Blackhawks that they played on New Year's Eve, and uh, my friend and I were in college, and you know we were kind of getting to that point where. I, we we could go out and have fun and do stuff and and like you know you kind of want to like have these sort of wild New Year's Eve parties that you heard about and we spent that evening in my basement me watching the Islanders playing the, the Blackhawks and him asleep in in like a chair off uh, the side to the side of my couch so that I remember looking over at him and being like this is New Year's Eve I don't understand this is <laughs> supposed to be fun why are we here this is my fault that I made him watch this game but anyway that's uh, yeah but uh, this was um, definitely a good New Year's Eve the Islanders did beat the the, the same. Uh, in Buffalo, but let's back up to uh, to a couple weeks ago when uh, we last spoke. Um, the Islanders were coming off uh, two pretty huge wins, one in Colorado and then one a night later in Glendale. Um, they held the high-flying avalanche to one goal. They beat the Coyotes, giving up only one goal. Next night, things were looking up. They waltzed into Vegas a couple of nights later, and eh, they got their butts kind of handed to them. They had a two-goal lead that they kind of didn't deserve. Uh, the Golden Knights stormed back with three straight goals and uh, outshot the Islanders 47-21, and and they lost. Thomas Grice was pretty good in that game, but uh, as Barry Trotz said, uh, they didn't have enough battle, so there you go. Uh, and, you know, all of a sudden you kind of come down from the high of, of the two games before. Actually, they had won three in a row at that point. Um, but then they had a game Sunday in Dallas, another high-flying team, another road game um, uh, just before the Christmas break. And uh, wouldn't you know that the Islanders played great? They held Dallas to 20 shots on goal. They won that game three to one. They had a four and uh, three and one road trip, which is, I mean, as good as you could possibly get uh, without you know getting a sweep. Uh, it was the first game in the NHL for Devon Taves. He looked really good. Josh Hosang once again looked pretty good. Had a little bit of luck. Uh, Casey Zekas <laughs> scored a really weird goal off the back of Anton Hudobin's uniform i guess kind of went in uh, but hey that stuff is going to happen and uh but they played great they deserve to win that game uh we're going to talk a lot about the stars later because they just basically melted down <laughs> completely after that game i don't know how much the islanders had to do with that but uh it's kind of fun to see but uh yeah so three and one road trip christmas break uh leads to back-to-back games one at home versus the ottawa senators one on the road in toronto uh the game against the senators was Pretty great. Uh, the Senators went jumped out to a two one lead, a two nothing lead. They had a three one lead at one point. Things were kind of disjointed. Barry Trotz said every team looks like that after a four day break after Christmas. But uh, the Islanders just had an amazing third period. Uh, Johnny Boychuk scored. Matt Barzell had two goals. They outshot the Senators for the game, uh, thirty nine to twenty seven. There was a bunch of fights. Uh, a couple of Senators got hurt. Stan Fisler was on the TV. Turned out to be really great. Uh, and they won 6-3, which was pretty huge because the next night they went to Toronto. Now, we're going to talk a lot about this game. Uh, I said I wasn't going to watch it. I'm a man of my word. I did not watch the game. I actually did. I wasn't even on the internet at all that day. I didn't want to see anything. I didn't want to hear anything. I don't want to know anything. I We went to go see... Uh, oh, no, we watched a Harry Potter movie. We watched a bunch of stuff in my house. I completely forgot the game was going on. Around 11 o'clock, I turned in. 4 nothing Islanders. Matt Barzell hat trick. The Leafs essentially had nothing. Uh, everybody was happy. We're gonna talk a lot about more about this later. Uh, but yeah, huge, huge, huge win that like literally cannot be overstated from the Islanders' point of view. 
Um, and then just to finish off the road trip, uh, you know, we kind of were afraid that it was such a great game against the Leafs that we thought there might be a letdown in Buffalo on New Year's Eve. There was not. 3-1 Islanders win. Yeah, they were kind of sloppy. Not not the best. Robin Leonard was outstanding. Third period was pretty bad for the Islanders. The Sabres outshot them 13-3. to But uh, they got a, a bunch of goals. And, and again, Leonard was absolutely outstanding in his return to Buffalo. And uh, just like that, the Islanders have won 7-8 of eight and are now confident in uh, their ability to secure a playoff game. Um, let's just go right to the Leafs game. I mean, obviously, I, I know you watched it. So, uh, what, what were your thoughts about it as it was happening? It must have been pretty wild. Yeah, I uh, I really thought leading up to it, just like li- reading the kind of quotes from Tavares and and everybody in the in the pregame and the night before. They both played the night before, so like the postgame scrums for both teams were kind of uh, just basically about the next game and and what it meant and. And then Tavares was just basically saying what he would say, you know, if he was an Islander, you know, safe day, stick, stick, stuck to his robot script mm. and said it was like any other game. And and then and then Barry Trotz had that quote uh, that like just kind of is in in this unbelievable first chapter of him being an Islander that he's writing that that, that was one of the best quotes I've ever heard talking about how, you know, that this should hurt like that should hurt. And and I, I just can't think I'm like, I don't know if any other coach. Maybe outside of the guy he was coaching against that night, uh, and maybe like you know Joe Quenville or some of the other kind of old school guys uh, would say something like that. And uh, he he said like you know he didn't want to be their teammate anymore, and that should hurt. And I was totally expecting Trotz to to follow the same script as you know Tavares and stuff because that's what you know we're used to as as sports fans these days. Everybody sticks to a very PC script and. and doesn't doesn't really waver off it, and that uh, that didn't happen. And I, I I mean I don't know what what other people thought about that quote. I don't know if you if you had s- saw it before, but I th- I thought that you know going into the game made me realize oh the the Islanders actually are not taking this like any other game. They feel what we do as fans. So I I mean, and I, I don't know if I'm out on an island in that thinking, uh, but I mean that just jacked me up beyond beyond belief. I actually had to I was just showing my wife this. I had to move my Tower of Trots. Uh, document from my the notes pad on my phone to an actual spreadsheet because I had too many and I wanted to keep the uh, the sources and and the events happening and again I it's my fault for missing it because uh, I was definitely off of the internet all day so uh, I did not see that but uh, I think I'm looking at it right now um, yeah Trot said I think that the whole decision in the summer that's a personal decision between John and his family and what have you he's got a lot of good friends in our room. But I think at the same time, they have to be a little bit hurt that he decided to, you know, they understand it, but they'd like to have him as a teammate. And he decided that he didn't need them as teammates anymore. Uh, that's pretty pointed. <laughs> and it's par for yeah. the course for what Trotz has said. I mean, again, we have I have a whole list here that I mean, we've barely gotten to scratch the surface. And he had a couple of really good ones. We're going to talk about what he said uh, after, to Elliot Friedman after that, that went against the Leafs. But, um, you know, it's just... Um, it, it, after the game, uh, there was a lot of gifts around of Tavares looking frustrated and, and tired and uh, kind of over it, which we've seen a lot from his days as an Islander, but it was kind of cool to see on the other side. Um, the Leafs didn't really have much in the game. And again, when whatever they did have, Robin Leonard was there to stop it. I don't think anybody expected them to, to get shut out. Um, but to get that win for the Islanders was enormous. Uh, again, it cannot be overstated. I promised myself I wasn't going to read the internet before the game. And then, of course, after the game, 
I completely, uh, totally made the same mistake I said I wasn't going to make and read all kinds of stuff and got myself all flustered for no reason. Um, but uh, a couple of things I found really interesting was Arthur Staples said that it was a statement win for the Islanders. And he's, he's 100% right, of course. The Islanders' statement was, hello, we continue to exist. And the response statement from Leafs, the Leafs and their fans and their media was, we don't care. Um, that has not changed. <laughs> that basically exact, you know, corroborates what I said yeah. in our last episode, which was that these people don't care about us. Uh, we're nothing to them. They don't care about our team. They don't follow our team. They certainly don't care about their fan base. And they made it out seem like not that big a deal. I mean, somebody posted what Steve Dangle said. I honestly could care less. Ken Campbell apparently had some nice thing to say. Again, I couldn't care less. Um, but it does mean a lot. And they can say it doesn't, and it does. And John Contreras can say it doesn't, but I'm sure it does. Um, yeah, that was that was pretty wild. But I mean, your emotions as you're watching it must have been like completely through the roof, right? Oh yeah, and it's so. I I just think the the way the first period was going, I was like, this the Islanders are going to score first. Just the way that they were playing, it, it <laughs> felt like they weren't really afraid of going down. Uh, well, nothing. It was weird. They were kind of taking the game to the Leafs, uh, at least you know, just from the way I was watching it. And then just the way the first goal happened with Philpola. Right. I, I mean, of fl- I don't plowed even... through two guys and like scored on a really nice shot, too, considering he had two guys just... on top of him. <laughs> and, it, and it was just exhale after that. Like, because it, it, sure, like there, he got a decent, likely lucky bounce there where it kind of ping ponged off Hainsey and someone else. Uh, but. It just it just made me feel so much better, and then you know you go into the, the first, uh, second period with the one nothing lead, it and you know I felt greedy. I was like, we should be we should be up one one or two more. Right. Garrett Sparks, Garrett Sparks played well. Mm. I thought. Yeah. So did Mike uh, Babcock he, actually. Yeah. <laughs> he thought he yeah. played well too. <laughs> and, and, and he he made like he, he might not have you know his his like save percentage might not have been great, but his he made some point blank saves. Uh, on a bunch of really good opportunities, and uh, then there was like there was one shift before Barzal scored his first goal, where I saw him I was like, he's got like he just got a look in his eye, like he's he's got this like this is what I that's you could tell like Matt Barzal is into these kind of things, like he even his he had a great quote after the game, you know, calling the Eric Canada said of the quote unquote so called Mecca, mm. like he he knows he, he's definitely someone who knew what this game meant and wanted to live up to it. And did and and thrives and thrived in that game doing, you know, basically put his he's like, hey, like the the Islanders do exist. I play for the Islanders and here's what I can do. And it can beat you. I could beat you by myself (laughs) on on my best night. And he kind of did. Like, I mean, obviously, the whole team played well. Robin Leonard played great. But like there is a good 10 minute stretch that every time Matt Barzal was on the ice, the Leafs just did not have an answer. Yeah. And you just are like, this guy is an absolute whirlwind. Like I, I, last year, I always talked about how I want him to like skate around with a rose in between his yeah. teeth, and I really want him to do that because it's just like mesmerizing to watch him, uh, especially when he's on like he was. And she's and I, I felt like the Islanders were like a half step behind him, like his line mates, mm-hmm. who are usually you know he's got great chemistry, obviously with Beauvillier, and but like they were like almost Barzal watching a yeah. little bit. Because he was, he was just so impressed. I forget if it was the second or the third goal where it was a two-on-one with Barzell and Beauvillier, and Barzell just took the shot, and you could see that Beauvillier was almost like, "You got it, man, go for it," and just like took it. Um, we talked a couple of weeks ago about how it looked like Barzell was kind of coming around. Uh, the game against the Red Wings at the Coliseum 
uh, I think it was that one. Might have been the one before too, where it looked like Barzell was kind of getting back up to speed, kind of getting back to that same form that he won the, the Calder Trophy with last year, and uh, he is absolutely doing that now. Like that's he is in that mode right now. He's got five goals. He had five goals in two days, and he was the second star of the week. And he also is now an All Star. He was uh, selected as the Islanders' representative for the Metro Division team in the All Star. Uh, Anders Lee can still get voted in, so. Uh, go to NHL.com, I guess, and vote for Anders Lee. I enjoy the game itself, but the whole voting for this these kinds of wacky teams is completely insane, so I don't really get how it's working. But if you can vote for Anders Lee somewhere, go do that because he deserves it too. Um, but, yeah, it was definitely a statement game. It was definitely the kind of thing that the Islanders had circled on their calendar. Um, the yeah, the recap of the pension plan, pl- pension plan puppets, our friends, was like, didn't any of the Leafs care about John Tavares playing his old team? <laughs> I guess that kind of sums up uh, their view of things. Uh, I did think it was funny, though, um, before the game and after the game, two pieces on the Athletic, one by uh, Pierre Lebrun before the game, one by James Myrtle after the game. Both. Pre- uh, I, was, I was really hoping you were going to bring up the Myrtle after the game. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, they both positioned the game as sort of like Lou Lamorello versus Kyle Dubas and like Lou coming back to the team that he built and but. And I think these two kinds of stories like kind of illustrate exactly how far these guys have their heads up their asses because I can't imagine I I'm, and I mean this I mean this in the nicest possible way because we're we're New York fans we know how New York fans think and I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that the vast majority of Islanders fans do not know and do not care who the general manager of the Maple Leafs is do you know any Yankees fans that know who the GM of the Kansas City Royals is I mean besides you like nobody does right they just don't. Right, and yeah. so this was a game about, and Mike Carver has said it on Twitter, and he was 100% right. This was a game about the Islanders going into the town that basically wrote them off back in the summer and shoving it up their asses. That is what the game was about. <laughs> you could say whatever you want, but this is not about Lou Lamorell versus Kyle Dubas. And the funny thing about the Le- LeBron article, and then I'll you can go go off on the, the Myrtle article. The funny thing about the LeBron article is is that Lamarillo kept saying, no, it's not about me. It's not about me. And that's what he wrote anyway. And it's like, dude, it's really not. This is about these players saying, dude, we are here and we are a hockey team and we can win some games with regardless of losing this guy or not. Uh, the Myrtle article was kind of the same thing and it just went around and around and it was just, I don't know, kind of stupid. Yeah. the the First of all, Myrtle, like I was loving it because you, he definitely walked into that arena that day and was just like, I, I'm going to write the best John Tavares, you know, shoves it or shows his former team what they're missing piece ever. It's going to like glisten with his love for Toronto. The city <laughs> celebrates him. I was just like, and then the Islanders burned that script right in front of his face. <laughs> and he had to, and he changed course. And then he did this. He also tweeted in the middle of the game, which I thought was amazing because you could tell how much it hurt. He's like, the Maple Leafs are being booed for the first time this season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. I'm sure I'm sure that's true yeah. anyway. But, but then he goes into the, the article again and he did the same thing he did in the summer where he's he's like these two teams never had a reason to hate each other. And he put like what is it in a positive with the commas linked to down goes Brown, the other one of the 700 Maple Leafs writers <laughs> on that site. And it's and it's like except for one like playoff series 16 years ago, which he just hyperlinked to. And he's like these the, the sentence is so wrong because he said. These teams don't have a reason to hate each other. It's like one team had a reason to hate each other. They hate the other one long ago. Mm. The Islander fans, as we see now, are never going to forget, you know, what happened with Tavares. And they never, 
you can ask any Islander fan over the age of, you know, 15 or whatever, I guess a little older than that, you know, 20, who Darcy Tucker is. And they're like, oh, I hate Darcy yeah, Tucker. absolutely. Because you have to hate Darcy. Yeah, and, <laughs> and he, he, he's just like, it just goes to show how little grasp that these yeah. guys have. on, And that, that includes the team that he lo, like loves and, and drools over. Like that, their history a little bit. Sure, like there's bigger moments for the Maple Leafs, but that is a huge moment for Islander fans because it was, it was a first series back in the playoffs and whatever. So it just goes to show you how little that these guys actually do pay attention. And that was, the, the, like you said, the whole point is, like, we do exist. And and reading them that these guys are still missing the point, which yeah. is, was right out in front of everyone. And their own colleague, Arthur Staple, got, mm. you know, obviously very, very correctly. is just makes me so happy that, like, how little these guys get it. And, and they won't ever get it. And and that's why. And, it, and the, other, the other thing, too, is, like, the Islanders showed up and they are so hard to beat. Every night, every night, the Islanders are hard to beat. So, you know, God forbid they play the Maple Leafs in the playoffs. Like <laughs> these 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 writers are going to be petrified because you have to beat a team that's very hard to beat four out of seven times. And like, yeah, the Maple Leafs have the Islanders on talent by leaps and bounds. And so do basically, you know, 75 percent of the conference. But they, I don't know. Maybe there's two other teams in the in the conference, the Bruins and the Lightning. And I guess you can also say to the Capitals, because they're still doing it, that are harder to beat on a nightly basis than the Islanders. And, and I'm, not, I'm not saying like talent-wise or whatever. I'm just saying like they make you earn every inch of the ice and make you earn every point against them. And it's never been that way, it's maybe since the Laviolette days. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, congratulations to Arthur and the uh, entire Staple family on their latest edition. He's uh, taking some time off to uh, – to do his dad thing, and we're very happy for them, and uh, hope that uh, glad everybody's happy and healthy. Um, but yeah, he had a he had a great line again before the game. I probably I guess in a somewhat of a response to the LeBron piece, but uh, I'll read it here. He's, it's, this is Staples saying, "Mystified at folks who want to tell Islands fans how to feel about all this, same as the summer." The passion is what makes these things interesting. I bet even the current Isles who went to Tavares's wedding want to make him eat it tonight. Their passion is what makes them special. Um, yeah, they, they just don't get it. And, and again, they're never going to get it because they don't care about this team. and They don't pay attention to what's going on. LeBron in his places, in his piece was like, it's, it's, you know, judging from social media, it's surprising how many Islanders fans are still angry about this. And I'm like, Pierre, you are one of the people that told us every time Tavares said he wanted to stay as an Islander. And then he left. <laughs> like, whose quotes were we reading when Tavares is like, no, no, I want to stay. I want to win here. I love it here. And then he leaves. Like, who were we reading there if not Pierre Lebrun? Like, th- don't you get – like, they don't get it. They really – I mean, that's what you said. They just don't get the point. They miss, they're completely yeah, missing the point. We read these- – And it's it's amazing, too, because these are the guys who, like, oh, why can't, like, hockey, you know, hockey catch on with a casual fan or whatever? It's because people like you don't let this passion, like, <laughs> shine through. Right. Like, this is – you know, this should right. be, like – you, sh- you should be writing about the hostile environment that this guy's going to come into in a oh, month yeah. and a half and be like, you know, that's, you know, what makes hockey great. It's like, look at these fans. Mm. And instead, it's just like, oh, you know, he went home. Yeah. Like, God, no, these, they're, they're going to be they're going to be very surprised when they go to the, that game. I hope they do. I hope they don't like just not show up. But they, I hope they really do go to that game at the Coliseum. And I hope that they feel the same fear that these guys are going to fear when uh, when they play there. But, uh, yeah, it was it was a huge game. And, and I mean, there's no there's no cutting around it i mean this was now look it's one game i mean play debbie downer it's it's one game uh the islanders came out on top in a big way they have another game against the leafs at the call in toronto i don't know when then obviously they have two games at the coliseum one and 
I guess, the end of February, and then one in, on April 1st, I believe, as well. Um, and those games could go either way. I mean, for all we know, the Leafs could trounce the Islanders in all three of them. And the same things that we're talking about, they, that they didn't get to write, well, they will get to write at that point. But to have this one and to, and to have it in, on, on Hockey Night in Canada, Saturday night, just before Christmas in front of the entire world, must have felt good to these guys. And, yep. you know, they, they like like Staples said, they want, and they're friends with Tavares, but they want to shove it down his throat. And, I mean, these, a lot of these guys are from Toronto. They want to go back there and be like, yeah, well, we did kind of shut you guys out that one time. So, you know, that's a huge deal. Yeah, I think I think it's 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 funny because you, I, I kept I kept trying to reel myself back in, saying, <laughs> oh, two points. It's just you know it's a regular season win, and I'm like, wait a minute, I'm like giving in to what these guys want me to do. Like this, that was a season defining win, yeah. like oh. by leaps and bounds, going to be the most probably the most memorable win of the season, uh, you know, de- or it is at least at this point, depending. And then you know, depending on how things go later, obviously that, that will change. But uh, <laughs> like for this point. Like to this point, it's just like I can't remember an Islander regular season win that you know felt as good as that one did, and and you could just tell from the just the way Butch and Brandon were calling the game, the way that people were you know talking on Twitter. I was I tried so hard not to jinx anything, uh, so I was like I was also you know streaming the game. I was very <laughs> I was like just really nervous about like you know just messing with any juju on on doing anything, getting ahead of myself, and then. The, after the second period, I felt like I could kind of, you know, relax a little bit and and just reading everything yeah. that was coming in, which just felt good because you're like, you know, like I don't know anybody, like almost anybody we interact with on Twitter, you know, from Islanders Twitter. I love them all because they're great Islander fans, but like seeing them happy made me so happy yeah. because I was like, these people, these people were genuinely hurt, and this is just a little bit, like uh, just a little bit making that go away, and that is that is like worth its weight in, in gold yeah. two points aside no for sure so. yeah no it was and the islanders are also good which is, <laughs> you know just a cherry on top they're and they're and they're good in a way that uh is really sustainable we talked early in the season about how a lot of it was kind of driven by luck or or maybe great great saves and the team hadn't quite coalesced into kind of you know and i was actually watching looking over some old trots press conferences now and you know he was getting frustrated with like the, we didn't play the right way you guys weren't running the right routes they were all over the place but they're getting to the point where they're they're playing more consistently in this system and this works for them and and it's it's you can see our friend Carrie Haber is talking about online and this was mentioned in the athletic too so you know in fairness the uh, Dom over there uh, had some nice things to say about the Islanders in a recent column about how their possession stats are getting better and and they're actually starting to play now in a way that can you know sort of predict success a little bit and uh, are they the most talented team in the league Hell no, they're not. Um, they got that now. Actually, it's funny because um, injuries are starting to creep up with them. A couple of guys left that Buffalo game. Valtteri Filippola, Jordan Everly is hurt now. I mean, Andrew Ladd's been hurt. Thomas Hickey's been hurt, which is what allowed Devon Taves to come up. Which you know we talked about. It sucks to see Thomas Hickey hurt, but Taves have been playing well, so we'll see how they they react to those those injuries. But as of right now, the Islanders are one point behind the Habs for eighth in the uh, Eastern Conference. That's that's outstanding. I mean, you can't. You can't tell me that like halfway through the season now, the 38 games, and they've got games in hand on pretty much everybody, uh, except for the Caps at this point, uh, that you wouldn't take that. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. And, you know, just because a bunch of people from Toronto were like, well, you know, it's just a regular season game. It doesn't really mean much. Don't let that distract you from enjoying this <laughs> and having fun with this because, you know, right now, life is good. I mean, they're, they're playing really well. They got... 
their January schedule, I keep hearing about how easy it is, but I look at every game as a potential disaster. Uh, tomorrow night, or I guess Thursday night, probably the day you're going to hear this, they're going to play the Blackhawks at Nassau Coliseum on NBCSN. Brendan Burke, A.J. Malesko, both members of the Islanders broadcast crew are going to have the call there, so it's on NBCSN. So I guess that means no Pierre Maguire. So be happy about that, too. Um, and I'm actually a little upset about that <laughs> because he, he, you know, I would love to hear, hear what – Pierre would have to say about after that that loss uh, for the for his for his beloved John Tavares and stuff. And, <laughs> uh, but well, maybe next time. It's all right, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. When they're on NBC, I said in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then they have the Blues at uh, Barclays on Saturday, and then next week they got the Hurricanes. Who again? It feels like they've played the Hurricanes every week this season so far, and then back to back games <laughs> against the Rangers. So you know they're going to want to take a chunk out of the Rangers. Currently, five points behind the Islanders uh, after getting. Uh, their ass is handed to them by the Penguins, 7-2 to tonight at the Garden. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like we said at the top, it's just right now this is good. And, and look, there's still half a season to go. And the Islanders could potentially still miss the playoffs. They're fighting, you know, four or five. But Trot said the, the, the win against the Sabres was, I mean, we're here we're talking for 20 minutes about the Leafs game, but the win against the Sabres was equally as important, if not more important, because this is a team they're going to be chasing for that final playoff spot. Their eyes are on the playoffs right now. They're trying to make these things. So if you're yeah. if you were on Team Tank, I'm sorry to tell you that's probably not in the cards. But this playing the Sabers is a, are a team. The Sabers are a team that the Islanders are going to have to play and catch for one of those final playoff spots. And they they beat them. And that's you know there was no letdown after the Leafs game. Again, they didn't play well. Hey, you know what? It's third game in four nights. New Year's Eve. You know, I guess what are you going to do? But but they came out with the win again. They stuck with the game plan. They came out with the win, and that's what's important. And if they're going to keep doing stuff like that, they're going to be hanging around for another couple of months, and it's going to be pretty wild to see, you know, how how nervous they can make <laughs> the rest of the league uh, with with play like that. I I was so impressed that they won that game against the Sabers because we, we we talked about a couple of weeks ago about like that the Rangers hangover that used to always plague the Islanders, and you know that's this it's just a type of thing that you always expect the Islander, you know. Because we all made the deal the same before. We're like, if we win this game, I don't care about the Sabres game, you know? <laughs> and then you go into it, and you're like, I would love to see this team not have a letdown. And you just see that it's the difference between, and it's a trots effect. It could be, you know, it, it might be just an organizational thing from Lamarillo down that they were just not going to let this team do that. Like, that was not the most impressive game, but they had enough guys show up and carry the load from, you know, maybe some guys were you know feeling the the bit of a hangover obviously they did lose Phil Pula, uh in the first like like first minute of the game basically uh so that was just like a master class in what a winning team does in in a season you know they don't the penguins the penguins you know when they're still very good obviously but when they were you know in their in their heyday a couple of years ago they probably you know played the flyers and, and had brawls all over the place and it was you know these in the capitals and then the next game they probably beat the shit out of the island because <laughs> you know that's what good teams right. do they don't have these letdown games and uh i was like just over the moon obviously it's just like that carryover effect from the leafs game and to winning that game and then it just felt so good yeah and and another another thing that feels good about it is like you, we've talked a little bit about taves and dal cole and Hosang. yeah yeah like got about dal cole he's still up too it, yeah <laughs> yeah and it doesn't feel like the rug is going to come out from under the Islanders. And I mean, I, that doesn't mean that they're not going to, you know, they're going to make the playoffs, but like there's reinforcements at, in this team, I think s s still like lacking depth at center. Uh, I saw Arthur Staples saying, you know, Tom Pyatt could be an, mm. a good cheap replacement for Valtteri Filppula. Respectfully, 
you know, don't don't yeah. want. Well, he do, got traded. Didn't today, want to so do that. that. Ain't happening. Yeah. So yeah, thank God. Yeah. But uh, but like, there's very with with Taves and now the fact like I don't think there's any chance Taves goes down. Like, you know, we'll, we'll have seven defensemen who are all able. Uh, this is yeah. The Islanders are as good a spot in this point of the season than probably the the year. They, they played the Capitals yeah. in the last Coliseum. Uh, big difference between that year and this year. I agree with you 100%. The big difference between that year and this year, currently the Islanders are number one in the league in goals against. They've only given up 102 goals, just, two goals better than mere, the Predators. That is a mere yeah, – that is just a that's a flat-out sporting miracle. It is. I think. It is. They're, I, don't, I, I was saying – I was talking to a couple people at work, and you know they hear me talk about Barry Trotz and like how much I love him. I think he might be the second best coach in all of sports in the world. I mean, it's... after after Pep Guardiola, I don't like, I don't know, I don't understand, and I can't think of anybody who who's done something that impressive. It's pretty wild. Like, and, I mean, it, they're middle of the pack offense wise, but I mean, and I saw some people saying today, like, I mean, it's taken them half a season to figure it out, but people are suddenly starting to notice, like, holy cow, these guys who gave up like the most goals a team has given up in ten years are currently leading yeah. the league in goals against. Like, that's unbelievable. That's a that's a miracle, right. and the goalies, the goalies, and the goalie coaches deserve some credit there too. But yeah, you know, without Trotz's defensive systems, that they're all not doing that. Kind of and, and you can say they kind of down. Like, I've got nothing but respect for Robin Leonard and the way he's playing this season. Like, I think he's been unbelievably yeah. good. But you can say that on paper they downgraded in goal, and they're still doing yeah. that. Like Yarrow Halak, Robin Leonard. I think if you went around to everybody in the league, said you can have one of these guys, they'd all take Yarrow. Sure. Oh yeah, given given Leonard's track record for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, I was speaking of Halak. I was a little, and this is our good segue. I was a little sad that he didn't play in the Winter Classic on New Year's Day for the Bruins. When I saw Tuukka Rask lead the Bruins out, I was like, ah, well, I guess that's the way it goes. You know, what are you gonna do? Uh, I was kind of hoping to see Yarrow out there. Um, the game itself was at Notre Dame Stadium. It was fine. I thought it was totally okay. I know we're all sick of the Blackhawks being in these Winter Classic games, and you know there's lots of jokes going on, and I've made them myself. Uh, but I, it was kind of cool to see Cam Ward playing for the Blackhawks because he had spent his entire career playing for a team that, much like the Islanders, will never get a shot at a Winter Classic. So I, I was happy for him, but the Blackhawks lost and the Bruins won. Um, but what's fun? Did you watch a game at all? Did you, or were you too sick? <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, I didn't really watch it. I was just kind of, yeah, I was just like kind of, you know, hallucinating from, from my cold at that point. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you didn't miss anything. If you've seen one, you've seen them all. And that's the thing. Like, right. Exactly. I haven't watched any NBC games at all this year. And I was a little disappointed to see, although not surprised to see that the production is exactly the same. Every single time, like the flybys are the same. The voices are the same. Mike Milbury's out there with his, his shoulders up around his ears and he's like, Oh, these guys got to play harder. You know, the whole thing, Jeremy Roenick's like doing stunt garbage in the, in the stands. And it's weird. Um, but and I just like they, the forced nostalgia, I, the, the outdoor games are cool. Like they get people's attention. It's a cool thing. The NHL does. They, they should market it and people should really like it. And it, you know, there are people out there that never watch hockey games. Maybe that will be the one hockey game they watch this during the course of the year. But the, the way the, the nostalgia is forced, I think turns a lot of people off. And my thing was like Doc Emmerich is talking in the open about how he grew up in Indiana and Notre Dame was always a big deal. And here he is standing on the same sidelines that Newt Rockney won all these national championships in in the 1930s. And Eddie Olchek comes on and he's talking about how, uh, oh, man, what did he say? He was talking about something else that happened like 100 years ago. And I'm like, do you think any of these Blackhawks care? Like, whose nostalgia are we talking about here? Like, it's just 
Do you think Blackhawks yeah. defenseman Gustav Forsling cares about Newt Rockney in the thirties <laughs> winning national championship? No, he doesn't. It's a cool ho- outdoor no, hockey game. He's just happy he's getting. Yeah, he's getting to wear a new jersey yeah. and, and play on. Yeah, yeah, he gets to take his kids out for a skate or something or whatever. And it's like, I just, it, you know, it's always the, the NHL's always do this thing like they have the, this great sport, and they're always marketing it in the worst possible way. <laughs> like, why are we talking it's, about Newt Rockney right now? I don't understand. But it it blows my mind because I think if you put any uh, hockey fan you know, from anywhere in the hockey sphere, you know, in, in NHL universe, basically, they could be 14 or they could be 80. And you said, all right, I want you to kind of be be the director of marketing and, and how this broadcast should look. They would get it right. <laughs> they would just they'd be like, oh, yeah, no, I, this is very easy right. to do. Like, this is it. Like, yeah. it's hockey's very this is going to be aesthetically nice to look at because it's outdoors. So, like, we can kind of like trim the fat off of this broadcast. We don't need Doc Emmerich doing a montage, like talking over a montage of players skating on ponds from like, mm. in like Alberta again, the same one we use every time. And, <laughs> you know, I, th- I, th- I just, I, it just blows my mind that that this, this league just mails. It, I don't, I, I guess they do mail it. Like I'm just, they're just like, all right, just, like, let's just roll with what, let's just roll yeah, with what they have a script doing. and they're sticking to it. And it's the same Since script. Every 2008. Year. Yeah, yeah. It's the same script every year. And no matter where where it happens, and you know, again, it's you've got this huge spectacle, and you just keep doing it the same old way. Now, next year's Winter Classic they've announced is going to be in Dallas in the Cotton Bowl, uh, and then there's going to be a Stadium Series game in Colorado at the Air Force Academy uh, with the Avalanche. Um, we don't know who's going to be playing the Avalanche in that game and the Stars in another game. It probably won't be the Blackhawks, and the fact that they the NHL had to come out yeah. and say that tells you pretty much <laughs> one of the big problems with this whole format is that like people expect them to play the Blackhawks, but they're not. Um, you know, I guess the Stars are probably end up playing Minnesota if there's any justice in the world, but you know they could be playing anybody. And and for the U.S. Air Force, you know maybe they play the Golden Knights or something like that because Bill Foley's all all about the Army and things like that. But um, but it's just like. You know, can they change it up? Like, are they going to be talking about, you know? No, you're gonna you're gonna tune in tomorrow to tomorrow's broadcast, and you're gonna be like, it's just gonna be basically a. Even though the Islanders are gonna have the play-by-play guy, their own play-by-play guy calling it, it's just gonna be talking about the Blackhawks. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah. And, you know, as I was yeah. watching the game too, I was I was getting angry because my wife was sitting there, and I was like, "There's one guy in the NHL who can effectively communicate how important Notre Dame Stadium is." And it's Islanders captain Anders Lee. And guess what? He ain't there, even though he went to Notre Dame <laughs> for four years. And, you know, he is the guy. He, I mean, they could have flown him out there and done like a, you know, intermission thing, right? I mean, I know he's not playing in the game, but still, like, it would have been. Yeah, they could have had him record something, yeah. I guess, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah but it's. Yeah, no. They, they, don't, they don't think like No, that. no, not at all. So, and, you know, it's, it's not that he's like the Islanders captain or anything, but whatever. Uh, so that that kind of chapped my hide a little bit, but again, again, the game itself was fine, and then I turned it off when it was done. Um, okay, a couple other league uh, league notes to get to. Um, the Oilers made a couple of trades, which is like Christmas for everybody, basically, <laughs> because they never work out right. Um, they traded for Brandon Manning, the defenseman who broke uh, Connor McDavid's collarbone a couple of years ago. God, this is a move only the Oilers could could pull off. Um, they traded a couple of guys. I don't know what like I don't know if the Oilers are going to be any better. They're probably not. They traded for a couple of fifth defensemen. The GM was like, "We traded it for a couple of fifth defensemen." I don't know what they expect to get. Um, stat of the year in the NHL is that Milan Lucic, Mister Six Million something a year, B- 
big, angry, hulking Milan Lucic had two goals in the calendar year of 2018. Two goals. That's two more goals than your I scored in the NHL this year. Uh, So that's pretty wild. And then, uh, but what's funny about these these trades that I'm sure aren't going to help the Oilers is that uh, Pierre Lebrun, again, in a different article, was like, I don't know why these Oilers fans get all mad because of these two minor trades that their team made. And I'm like, Pierre, it's not these two trades. It's the four years that they've had the best player in the league, and they haven't done anything with them. That's why people are mad. They're not mad that the Oilers got Brandon Manning. They're mad that they don't have Jordan Everly, Taylor Hall, you name it. Who else? <laughs> like, I don't know. I just don't get him. He's, I'm sure LeBron's a nice guy, and I hate to pick on him, but geez, come on, man. Give me no, a break. Pick, pick on him all you want because <laughs> it's just like it's just like ignorance. Mm. It's just, you're, you are supposed to be like this overarching, you know, source or whatever you want to say, like. The the guy that we're supposed to want to read every day, and and you are just failing. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I those those trades, like when they, th- there's a new thing I do now. Basically, whenever I see an Oilers trade pop up on Twitter, is like I just like click on a, whoever I see it from first. I'm like, all right, make sure this person's real because that cannot be re- that can't be. They did not trade for Brandon Manning. <laughs> just a couple. <laughs> he almost ruins Connor McDavid. Right. But uh, they did. Yeah. And yeah, that's it's really great uh, because. You know, hmm. it's just makes you think, oh, my God, the Islanders are in a better position than the team with Connor McDavid. Yeah, the, the Oilers have this amazing ability. Or I should say Peter Chiarelli, the GM, has this amazing ability to not only trade for worse players, but more expensive players that are also worse. So Manning makes more than uh, the two guys that they traded. <laughs> uh, who was the other guy that they got now? I can't remember another. It was Alex. Petrovic. Oh yeah. Alex Petrovic. Uh, yeah. So Manning and Petrovic, both Petrovic coming from the Panthers. Both of those guys have been healthy scratched like multiple times by their, their teams, both of whom are worse teams <laughs> than the Oilers. I don't know about the Panthers for sure, but the Blackhawks definitely had a worse record than the Oilers did. So, and they're more expensive. So you've traded for guys that are worse playing on worse teams that are more expensive than the guys you trade. They traded Drake Kajula forward. You know, it seems like a pretty okay depth forward. Apparently a good friend of Connor McDavid. That's a good thing to do. Trade trade a guy, trade a friend of the captain for the guy who broke his collarbone. Um, so, yeah, the Oilers doing Oilers things is always fun. Like I said, it's Christmas for, for hockey fans everywhere. Um, and then uh, we also had the Dallas Stars, who <laughs> um, their, G, their um, uh, CEO, right, the president, a guy named Jim Lights, came out a couple of weeks ago just after we we recorded our last show and called the performances of Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan this year fucking horseshit those are his exact words he he called this like press availability one reporter showed up with Sean Shapiro of the Athletic and man he, lights just let these two guys have it in, in a candid way that we never hear about before and uh it was pretty startling and i don't know if it really uh, the, the stars have won both games since that meltdown uh Sagan and Ben have both been like well he's right we got to play better and they've kind of taken the high road but uh the NHLPA is involved they're like you know trying to I don't know, file a grievance or something and said that that was wrong and and a lot of Stars fans feel embarrassed that this has happened and Jamie Ben was like I don't play for the president I play for for the my teammates and and that's and that kind of stuff and it's just like you almost like had to read it a couple of times because you're like, I never see stuff like this in the NHL, especially like, oh my god, to call call a guy's performance fucking horseshit to a reporter on the record. That's crazy. Like, I mean, give me a break. Yeah, the the, the headline the headline. You were just like, wait a minute. Yeah, that's not right. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, I, I I still haven't like kind of digested the whole thing because I was 
like you said, like it's just you just never see that. Right. And uh, I kind of want to say like I celebrated it a little <laughs> bit. Like part of me is I'm like, I don't know, good for this. Well, guy. it's like, like with the Oilers, like somebody else is making the mistakes and it's not your guys, you know. So Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but uh, and what's funny is that at the same time. So this happened just before the Christmas break. And uh, at, at Christmas, I received. Uh, we Want Fish Sticks, a new book by Nick Hershon about the uh, Islanders' uh, fishermen rebrand and uh, that whole era. The book is is excellent, by the way. I mean, I'm, this has been going around for a while. I'm sure you've heard it. Take my word for it. It is excellent. Uh, I know a lot of older Islanders fans out there are probably wondering, why would I want a book on this terrible jersey that I hated when it came out? I promise you, the book is about way more than just this jersey or the uniform. It's about that entire era, starting with this sort of uh, dismantling of the 93 uh, Prince of Wales Conference Finals team, uh, right up until the sort of you know mid Mike Milbury point uh, when they you know changed the jersey back to the sort of wavy jersey with the original logo on it, uh, and it's great. There's a lot of great stories in there uh, about the <laughs> the mascot and the abuse he took and and how they basically redesigned the uniform without asking anybody if this was a good idea or not. So spoiler alert, it was not a good idea. Um, but Mike Milbury figures pretty prominently in this and. Um, one of the things that I, you know, you kind of forget going back, you know, this is, we're talking about 20 odd, 20, more than 20 years ago, is that he said some really nasty things about his players, uh, in the paper too. And he was the GM and, or the coach at that point. And like, you know, he, he talks about, um, oh man, I, I, I don't know if I flagged it here, but you know, he had some pretty pointed comments about Wendell Clark and, and Wade Redden, who had only played in the preseason and with the Islanders and, and other guys are just like, I mean, I remember there's, it's not in the book, but we all remember when he talked about Eric Brewer playing like you sniffing glue out there. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's that kind of stuff. And, and I gotta be honest, like that didn't work for that Islanders team. Again, the stars have won two games since their CE, you know, the president's meltdown. I don't know if that's really a way to sort of build confidence in your team, you know, your players. I really don't think that because it sure as hell didn't work for the Islanders. Uh, Mike Milbury had a lot of other problems going on. But uh, when I read that, the stars thing, and then a couple of days later read it in the book, I was like, wow, that's a pretty weird coincidence <laughs> that I'm reading both these things at the same time. And uh, we'll see how it, how it turns out for Dallas. But it did not turn out well for the Islanders, for sure. Yeah, I'm really excited to read the book. I, I, I got to say, like, I, I was super disappointed in, uh, in Alan Hahn, who, who wrote the, the book with Peter Boddy about kind of just like the Islanders come back after that period. And, and he said that Nick Hershon had just rebranded it and called it something different, which, I mean, I remember, like, kind of just coming across Nick's Twitter page a couple years ago and being like, his, like, bio said, I'm researching a book on the New York Islanders from, like, in the 90s and being super excited for it. And just that Alan Hahn completely missed the plot that, like... Yeah, no, it's definitely dude, not that. I, I read that book, too, and this is definitely not me that too. book. Me, <laughs> too. And, and I, 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 I mean, I love that book for, for what it was, but, I mean, this is, like... This first of all, who cares? Like, if if you're a fan of a sports team, you want a book written on every season, right. you know? Like, get it, just get a grip yourself. So, <laughs> uh, I'm very excited to read it, and and was disappointed in Alan Hahn because I I liked him when uh, when he was doing Islander stuff, which he hasn't done in a while. So I don't know why he's even yeah. you know, <laughs> but 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 it anyways. Yeah. No, but the the book is really good, and yeah, it covers a lot of different stuff that that fish sticks. They they do they do share a same title, which is a problem, but. Uh, they're both, you know, definitely worth reading. And, and, and again, the stuff about how they rebranded their jerseys without really asking anybody was really, really kind of, you know, kind of 
eye-opening. And if you're not an Islanders fan and you're somehow listening to this podcast and you want to know about why they did that that jersey rebrand, again, the book will tell you that too. So definitely check it out. You can pick it up on, on Amazon. That's where I got it. I got it in time for Christmas and I read it over a couple of days. And uh, it's definitely pretty cool. But uh, hopefully things work out for the Stars. Oh, yeah, that was another thing too. Um, so Jim Lights, the president of the Stars who uh, said all these crazy things. Uh, Islanders fans may remember him from the uh, Big Shot, the, the John Spano 30 for 30 because uh, he was interviewed in there real quickly um, before he bought the tried to buy the Islanders or bought the Islanders. Spano tried to buy the Panthers and he tried to buy the Dallas Stars. And Jim Lights is in there talking about how <laughs> when they when he came around to kind of tour the Stars facility and talk about maybe buying them, he kind of put everybody off <laughs> Spano and they kind of were like, this guy's a real weirdo. And uh, that didn't really go anywhere. But uh, I just thought that was kind of fun. I'm like, hey, I remember this guy. I remember him talking, but uh, weird. Uh, okay. Yeah, yep. I, I just I. I think uh, that that that's like a book that I I can't wait to see other people reading on the train. Too, like, <laughs> yeah, you know? uh, no, they should. It's uh, pretty cool. And if you do that, that's a good sign that the Islanders are back in pe- back in the public conscious. You know, trying people are getting uh, getting excited again and and jumping back onto the bandwagon. Um, okay, uh, let's see. We covered all that. The uh, there was another trade today. Oh yeah, the the Senators. Uh, and Canucks made a couple of trades today. They they sent a bunch of players and uh, Andrew yeah, Nilsen, former Islander. Yeah. Yeah, former Islander Andrews Nilsson is on the move again. Yeah, uh, and Tom Pyatt, who is not an Islander, <laughs> is on the move. And, and they were both going to play each other, too, which is kind of funny. So it was kind of like a – I don't know if it was exactly a shopping cart trade, but it was pretty close to it because they were going to – the Senators and, and uh, uh, Canucks were going to play each other. So there you go. So, yeah, lots going on. Uh, you know, team coming out of the, uh, the uh, Christmas break, going into the All-Star break at the end of the month. Um, then right around the corner is the trade deadline, and – We'll have to see what happens. Uh, the Islanders do play the Blackhawks on Thursday. Uh, I spoke with uh, Sam over at Faxes from Uncle Dale, formerly known as the Community Indian. Great, great, great Blackhawks blog. Sam is one of the best. Super smart guy. You should follow him on Twitter. Uh, and uh, you could look for my preview. You know, he asked me a few questions. I mentioned to him, and one of the questions was about Jordan Eberle. And I was like, well, he's hurt now, but uh, Josh Hosang has been playing in his spot and he looks pretty good. So, uh, you know, there's a chance that Everly could be on the move at the trade deadline. Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 part of me thinks that they wouldn't interrupt the chemistry like that, but you know, Lou has never been one for sentimentality. And if he can get something for an expiring asset that he's probably not going to resign, I have a feeling he'll do that. So we'll have to kind of see where that Yeah. Goes. That, that thought definitely crossed my mind a little yeah. bit. Um, just, and also just want to speak about chemistry one more time is that, uh, kind of give a little credit. I, I mean, I still don't think Leo Komarov is particularly great at <laughs> hockey, but just like the, he's growing on me, and, and it's it's so funny because the fact that the people in Toronto or fans, especially like those who are um, more analytically slanted, just hated him and basically couldn't <laughs> wait for him to get out of town, makes me like him even more. Uh, <laughs> like just like the the stuff that's popped up of him, like the little videos, and just the way people talk about him. Uh, the, he just seems to actually have an an unquantifiable like effect on the team, which right. is pretty cool. Uh, Thirty one thoughts today by uh, uh, Elliot Friedman talks about how they've apparently put uh, Komarov's locker next to Josh Hosang's, and Josh apparently also uh, sits next to Leo on the the planes and stuff like that. And the reason is basically the same reason that they did it in Toronto because he has a good. A good rapport with the young guys, and I guess keeps them focused on on, on the next game. And you know what? It's it's I, I'm over it. I'm really over people complaining about Leo Komarov. He's playing. They're winning. 
I don't really – I'm not going to sit here and, like, belabor this point. He is what he is. And if, yeah. he, and if and he keeps Josh saying laughing, good. <laughs> That's all I Yeah, right and he keeps, he keeps – he's keeping me laughing too. Like, <laughs> And he's – like, there's – I guess, you know, we, we really have gone so far away from those type of quote-unquote glue guys that, like, you know, maybe these guys know what they're doing when, you know, they – I mean, obviously, signing them to four-year deals, as we've said. Right. Not the, the brightest, but – like this guy obviously has an has an effect on, on the young team, and uh, I love rooting for him. I don't care if he sucks. I fucking love rooting for him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll worry about the four years later. You know, when when there's somebody right, yeah. uh, on the horizon that could be playing in that spot. Uh, but for right now, the spot is his, and and he's playing there. And the same with Philpola. Like I mean, the guy's got nine goals, and he scored another one the other night. And and they're they're doing their thing on the penalty kill. I mean, it's kind of hard to argue with. What's what's going on? And, you know, are they perfect? No. And this is back, back to what we were saying before. This is not a talent-laden team. But somehow they've given up the least amount of goals in the NHL. They're a point out of the playoffs. And I think we all would t- – they, they just shut out the Leafs for nothing in Toronto, the first game against John Tavares. And I think all of us, had you asked us back in the summer if we had signed up for that, we would have said, hell yeah, sure, I'll take yeah. it. And, you know, we see where it goes from here. But – so far, and how about also another quote from Trotz about those guys is how he, which is just shows like how honesty is, and, and that he really hits the right notes. He says, "Like I wasn't really on yeah. board at first <laughs> with signing those guys. Like yeah. I needed to be convinced." And we're like, "Yeah, so did we." And we're like, "Yeah." He's like, "And I'm kind of convinced." And we're like, "Yeah, so are we." <laughs> yeah, that was a great quote too. I needed to be convinced, uh, and when Lou signed them, but there they go. But I mean, they they seem to all be on the same page now. So there you go. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so we talked about it: Blackhawks, Blues, Hurricanes, Rangers, Rangers, and then uh, some. Oh, um, somebody else. That, oh, Tampa. Woo. All right. That's going to be pretty rough. That that'll be another another real. I mean, they're all of these games are tough, and they they can't really afford to drop too many of them. But a game against the Lightning is like a game against the Leafs, only probably four or five times worse because the Lightning just they haven't lost this season. Basically, they're just kind of a machine at this yeah. point. But but we are yeah. uh, you know we're we're big lightning fans. Anyway, so <laughs> we're we're all, we're always rooting for the lightning yep. because they uh, as far if, as long as they go hmm. as far if you know that means one other team in that division doesn't go. Yeah. So and uh, and it's also yeah. going to be a good measuring stick to see where they're at. And I'm sure I'm sure Barry Trotz will have those guys prepared at the right time. Uh, I don't like right. that it comes a day after playing the Rangers, but it is. I mean, it's hardly a road game. I think they they play Saturday night at the Garden and then they're home. Uh, I guess at Barclays against the uh, the Lightning, so not much of a road game, but that that's going to be a tough that's a tough week. So we'll see how they how they come out on the other side. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anything else? Did I miss anything? Uh, you know, I, I just one other thing too is like how cool it was to see uh, Anders Lee uh, in that that like uh, Maple Leafs game. I think at one point him and Tavares went into the corner together, and I was just like, this is kind of cool to see him, you know, wearing the 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 captain jersey and. Basically, he won. The, it wasn't anything big, but I was just like thrilled mm. to see that too. Like this guy is like I, I just, I love him too. <laughs> I, I mean, I love I love this whole team. I mean, Nelson, like the the emotion that Brock Nelson showing the season, and, I, and maybe a lot of it has to do with the fact that his bottom line is affected. Like these guys are, uh, they're all like so bought in. Yeah. Uh, and it's I'm serious when I said like I you I haven't seen a team like this, like on the same page in so long. And that like that, that even that team with, like you said, like this team has like a defensive structure that obviously the, the team that, uh, went, went play the capitals had, had, was basically built on offense and 
and basically owning the puck and, and scoring. And this team is built on just being a team that is hard to beat. Yeah. Uh, and we showed that to the Leafs the other day, which was really yeah. awesome. Uh, at the risk of sounding like an old man, seeing guys like Josh Hosang and Brock Nelson back-checking is like heaven. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. yes, yes, this is what it's supposed to be, you know. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's what, what that's is. what like these good teams look yeah. like. like. Yeah. Like Andre Burakovsky's back back checks, <laughs> you know, like the guys, the guys on the Penguins, they back yeah. check everybody on, on the Lightning. Yeah. You know, They're that's all back You just. Yeah, this is just yeah. it's just a team that like I, I, I honestly have no idea how far they're, they'll yeah. go, both in a good way and in a bad way, which is awesome. <laughs> but I think in a in. You know, I, because I, I think about it, we all think about that. I mean, let's be honest. Like, we all wonder when the ride is going to come to a complete stop because that's what we're conditioned to. But one of the thing I love the most about Trotz is that he seems like he's going to put a stop to that as quickly as possible. Like, there's not going to be these sort of like lingering um, losing streaks. I mean, the Islanders. It's funny because before winning seven of eight or whatever it is, they had lost four out that of five. That also doesn't sound real. Yeah. <laughs> What's the last? What's the last time the Islanders won seven out of eight games? Yeah, uh, I mean, it might have been last season, but I don't, it just doesn't ever feel like that. They well, have. they've won. They've gone on streaks like that before, but but usually it's come and come before or after losing eight of nine or you know dropping right, right. ten of twelve. Or That's something. a better way. To yeah, play. <laughs> like and so I, I knock on wood, Barry Trotz isn't going to let those kinds of streaks happen. You know, if something you know you lose a game, hey, you lose a game, it happens. Maybe you lose two in a row, you're in a bit of a funk. I get it, but like. You know, those kinds of streaks that we've seen under previous coaching regimes, I don't think are going to happen. Again, knock on wood. I hope I don't jinx them just now. But it doesn't seem like he's going to be the type to let that happen. And good. That's the way it should be. And he'll pull whatever strings. Again, we should we should qualify that. <laughs> when, everybody, whenever, when you're winning, everything looks like it's working great. So, you know, we are kind of skewed at that point. But, you know, they are going to hit a, a, a snag at some point. And it's going to be interesting to see, obviously, what they do when that happens. But... So far, as long as they keep on winning and, and keep their head, you know, in the playoff picture, they're they're going to start turning some heads eventually, and people are going to start taking yeah. notice. And it's actually nice they haven't started to. I've I've, I've started to notice they've they've turned coaches' heads hmm. a little yeah. bit, and obviously that's because they're they're getting, you know, tons of film on the Islanders before games yeah. and stuff. So like Phil Housley talked about how he sees like the Islanders as a team with like really good structure, and they're all kind of on the same page Jared, or whatever. Jared Bednar called him one of the best team best defensive teams in the league. And I was like, "Wait, yeah, what?" And he's right. <laughs> I, I, excuse me, Jared. You mean the best? Yeah. In terms of that. But uh, yeah, they, it's just funny to hear teams talking right. about that because last last year and the year before, they're like, "Oh, you know, they got you know a couple of really talented guys up front. Like, you know, you 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 got to be able to play defense against these guys." And now it's just like they are puzzled. It is really hard to solve. <laughs> and uh, you know, on any given night, like the Islanders have basically turned these games against better teams into coin flips. Yeah, which. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, Pretty good. a foreign feeling. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Well, there you go. Uh, all right. So a couple of things real quick uh, to to get to. Um, everybody, make sure, again, to go buy We Want Fish Sticks, book by Nick Hershon. It's really great. You should check it out. Uh, make sure to uh, read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Uh, rest in peace to three guys who uh, we learned passed away today. Uh, Super Dave Osborne, otherwise known as Bob Einstein, great great comedic actor uh was on cover enthusiasm recently as uh funk hauser and uh he's hilarious i can't believe he's passed away daryl dragon otherwise known as the captain of captain Tennille fame 
also passed away. Great underrated musician, wrote great pop songs for a long time. And, of course, the great Mean Gene Okerlund of WWE fame, whose son Todd was an Islanders draft pick and played a few games for the Islanders, uh, has passed away. Mean Gene, if you grew up like I did with WWF, I had Mean Gene's action figure. Like that's that's that guy meant everything to me. I ha- how he kept a straight face talking to these guys, like Macho Man Savage and Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper. I have no idea, but that is a skill that very very few people had. And and uh, he has unfortunately all all three of them were seventy six by the way, which is kind of an odd coincidence <laughs> when that happens. Yeah. But rest in peace to all of them. Um, yeah, and we'll we'll talk again on the other side uh, of uh, these next few games. Uh, please tell everybody your Twitter handle again. It's uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. The Big Lebowski with two E's. You should follow Mike there. Uh, oh, our Sneaky Athletic. Still, you should go there. You put the word anxiety in the discount code box. You'll save 10% on your order. Got some more Nassau Coliseum games coming up. They got the Fort Never Lose stuff. Check it out. Sneakyathletic.com. Save 10% with anxiety. It's pretty cool. Uh, I was kicking around ideas for a Trot's shirt today. I don't know. It's tough. I like just the quotes. Uh, I don't want to go the silhouette of this head route. Uh, uh, good good work on somebody who said they should have a bobblehead with no neck. I think that's a great idea, but not for a shirt, for like an actual bobblehead figure. I think that'd be pretty yeah. cool. You know those like big um, – I, I, don't, I don't know really how to explain it, but I'll do my best. Like the, the, the DJ who's like a mouse. He's got like a mouse head. Yeah. Like those kind of like – I don't want to call him a mask. It's like basically the top to a mascot. <laughs> I, I, like, right, yeah. Like a, like a big head, yeah. A, like if you just showed up with those big heads of Barry Trotz's head, I think uh, you know what you know those would be beautiful. At Halloween, I noticed they sold like foam heads at Walmart, so like minion heads, but it's like a foam head that you can just put over your head. Uh, but like they had like a minion one, they had some uh, some PJ Masks one, stuff like that. Those would be great because they're big yeah. and they go right on your shoulders. So if you can make one that looks like Barry Trotz and give them out to people at at games, that would be the greatest thing ever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I honestly just want to know more about Barry. Yeah. Like what he's doing day to day. Like what is his his daily routine is he probably like gets he's probably a morning person. He's probably up and like running around and I would love to watch him grocery shop or something. <laughs> you know, I, like I just would I wanna see him go about his own his own business. The guy's the, the best. The uh the thirty one thoughts article you should check out and and he has got a great quote. Um he was talking about like what he sort of teaches the islanders and it, he got very zen and he said it's one thing what he said was it's the same thing I said to Alex Ovechkin. Never stop chasing. I call it the year of enlightenment. It's a whole life thing. The importance of giving you my best. That's not going to change. I'm happy to enjoy this journey too. So basically, he is. We get the enlightened Barry Trotz, the Zen Barry Trotz. The this is. I'm just going to keep giving you my best, and it's going to have to be the best. It's going to have to be good enough. And don't ever stop chasing that dream because you can get there. There's, there's always another dream right around the corner. But enjoy it. And be enlightened. There you go. <laughs> Something like that. I think that's what he meant. Wow. Anyway, yeah, very profound. Uh, we love him. He loves us. It seems it's pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, we'll we'll see uh, where we are, uh, where they are next week after a couple of games against the Western Conference and then those dastardly Carolina Hurricanes again. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. Thanks uh, for uh, giving us a week off. We're back now, and uh, we will talk to you again next week. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye bye.